In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Happy New Year. And happy Epiphany. The beginning of each new year, many of us focus our attention on the future. For some of us, that focus um, is expressed in New Year's resolutions. I'm not one of those folks. <laughs> I, for one, uh, don't really like setting up disappointments when I know there's going to probably be enough of them in the year before me anyway, and there's certainly no sense in starting the year early with some. But for others of us um, that may not make those resolutions, we all do have hopes and dreams for the coming year. And we consider all the new possibilities that the new fresh start of a new year can bring us. And many of us look forward to a fresh start in our lives, a new beginning, or maybe a new journey. Today's gospel reading brings us to the end of a journey that we began together weeks ago on the first week of Advent when Mary was found to be with child. And today's gospel invites us to a new journey, a journey made possible at the epiphany, the epiphany that we celebrate today when God opened the door of salvation to all people, not just his chosen people. Epiphany is a very special day in the church. In fact, at one time, it was one of the three high holy days that was seen in the church. In fact, in the first three centuries, the church didn't even recognize Christmas as a high day. It was the Epiphany in Easter and Pentecost. Because this is such a very important day in the life of every Christian. The word epiphany means the manifestation of a divine or supernatural being. That's a little wordy. I like to simply think of it as usually when we have an aha moment in life and all of a sudden we get it a little bit more clearly. God gives us a little glimpse of something. So this morning we're going to look at that and I'm going to ask you to follow along with me as I remind you how the epiphany journey began that we heard read in this gospel this morning. From Matthew. Let's look at verse 1 again. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Well, that's a good place to pause right there. This is where the journey begins. To be quite honest, we have always been very intrigued with the events of this very well-known story and have studied them in great detail. And earlier in ministry, I probably would have tried to dazzle you with a great deal of history and knowledge of this text and all the history that goes around it that biblical scholars have researched for centuries. But in recent years, I have been more interested and wondered what these wise men saw in the sky on that very first night. What was it that got them to thinking in the dark of that first night? What stirred within them? Was it the prophecy that was maybe told by Daniel in Babylon centuries earlier? Maybe. But what motivated them to pick up 
and pack up and start a long faith journey into the unknown. Something had certainly been revealed to them. Something had been brought to their hearts and to their minds. But what was it? What was in that night sky that night? What was in their minds? What was in their hearts? Well, Scripture doesn't provide very much information about these wise men on that journey. Matthew does tell us that they came from the Far East. And scholars have speculated that they were certainly from Persia. And we sing and we think that there were three of these wise men, but that was probably very inaccurate. The scriptures do not indicate that. In fact, church history does say that there were three men that we often equate with this, Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar, but their names didn't come about into the 7th century Christmas. And what about this star that's been speculated about for centuries as well? There's not a lot known about that. It's been studied by anyone who thought they knew anything about astronomy. Was it a supernatural phenomenon? A regular star or some comet? Or some grouping of planets or something like that? Was it maybe the Shekinah glory of God that led them? Similar to the way he led Moses through the desert when he was guiding him. All this uncertainty, my friends, and all this lack of historical information is a reminder that this story, this epiphany journey, is not only the wise men's journey, but it's everyone's journey. Friends, Holy Scripture has never limited or contained itself only to the past. And the truth is, I don't know what was in the sky that night, what they saw on that very first night. I don't know what was in their hearts or what was in their minds, what they were thinking, or what they talked about. I don't know what they felt, what they dreamed, or what they longed for, but they longed for something. They longed for something that they wouldn't have cast off into the darkness on a journey into the unknown. But I know this, and I know this for certain, that there are times that all of us have experienced epiphanies in our lives. Those aha moments in life when the light comes on and all of a sudden God makes something a little bit clearer to us. Times when our night skies were brightly lit. Times when our minds have been illuminated. Times when our hearts have been enlightened. Times that revealed to us a life and a world that was larger than it was before. There are moments like that, and those moments give us courage to journey beyond the walls in our lives, beyond the borders and boundaries that usually corral our thoughts, our minds, and our lives. You see, those epiphany moments of the times when something calls us or moves us to some new place, some new journey. Yesterday morning at work, this lady named Lorraine that I have been ministering to for the past two years of her life, she's been through a very difficult season with her teenage sons. And she's seeked a lot of prayer in the last couple of years. And she came up to me yesterday morning, and she was running up and smiling. And she goes, I need to tell you something. I thought, well, that's a better start than the normally when I see her coming up. 
<laughs> I was somewhat encouraged from the start. And she goes, I got to tell you what happened yesterday on the way home. And I said, okay, what happened? She goes, well, I was driving home and I came to this four-way stop. And there was a lady in front of me and she stopped. And as we sat there at the red light, when it changed, this lady pulled out and someone coming the other way didn't stop and hit her. And spun the car around and... Uh, all the airbags went off in the guy's truck in this lady's car. And Lorraine jumped out of her car and she ran up to this woman. And she said she was an elderly woman and she was um, trying to get out, you know, with the airbag and the door. And it was, the car was really badly destroyed. And uh, Lorraine helped her get out and she was trembling. And she goes, at that moment, I put my arms around her and I prayed for her. And she said, I've never done that. And she said, at that moment, I had a, a sense of God being with me that, that I've never experienced before. Now, I've prayed with her countless times. And I don't know what she prayed with that lady. But I do know that she experienced an epiphany at that moment in her spiritual journey. And God intervened in her life, in a way, for the very first time. It made her more usable. And that's what God does in these moments in our lives. That's exactly how he comes into them. Epiphanies, my friends, call us to see the face of God in some new amazing way, like Lorraine saw him yesterday. In a way so human, it almost seems ordinary. Maybe, in fact, too ordinary to even understand at times. And that's what I think happened to these wise men when they went out to seek Jesus. Something had stirred within their hearts and minds and they began to wonder, to imagine if their lives were part of maybe something larger, something more divine. Could it be that the one who created life, the one who hung the stars in the skies, had noticed them, that he knew them, that he lived within them and was maybe calling them? Could it be that the light they saw in the dark night sky was just a reflection of the divine light that burned within each of their hearts? The same divine light that burns within each of your hearts and the one that burns a little bit brighter in Lorraine's heart today. Well, to seriously consider those questions is where our journey begins. And it began for Lorraine yesterday at that accident scene. Historically, I've enjoyed preaching this gospel narrative verse by verse. It's only 12 verses, and you can really bring a lot of good stuff into this thing. There's been a lot of study done. In it. Teaching this passage, I would often just point out all the biblical things that scholars had brought forth and revealed through all those years of research. And I would usually put together a simple three-point takeaway application because this passage clearly reveals to me three very different responses to Jesus. It reveals that Herod responded with hatred and hostility. It reveals that the religious leaders responded with indifference. Why weren't they looking for the child? And it reveals that wise men responded with humble adoration. Friends, over the last 2,000 years, not much has changed, has it? Today, many still respond to Jesus with indifference. 
But wise men still seek Jesus. They seek the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Wise men still worship him when they find him. Wise men still give to him because God gave to us first. And wise men still obey him when they're directed by God. I would normally end my epiphany teaching sermon on this text from Matthew 12, from Matthew 2. But in recent years, with more life behind me than before me, I find myself drawn to look a little deeper, to look closer at these wise men and their faith journey. So I thought about my own and many of the people I've pastored and ministered over the years. Their long journey took the wise men to a house where they found the answer to their seeking. They found in the arms of young Mary when they first saw Jesus for the very first time. So I pause right here today as we begin a new year and ask you what you're seeking. What are you seeking in your life in the coming new year? Hope, peace, joy, love, all the things that that candle represents? Well, they all can be found in the center of that arrangement because they can all be found in one place, and that is in Jesus. We may take different journeys than the wise men, but the results are always the same. Our Creator calls us all to know an unknown faith journey in seeking Jesus. Like Mary and the wise men, we trod from anxiety to acceptance to adoration, which is where we started this journey at Advent 1. God stirs our hearts. He calls us. He directs us. And he reveals himself to us through the epiphany moments of each of our lives. Maybe it was the day that you said that I love you. And you knew deep in your heart it was about more than just romance physical attraction with someone. Maybe it was the day that you realized your life was holy and acceptable to God. Maybe it was the day you saw the beauty of creation in your newborn's eyes. Or maybe it was the day you kept vigil at the bedside of a dying loved one. And for the very first time in your life, you experienced the joy of knowing death is not the end of life. Those are just a few epiphany moments of our lives, my friends. Epiphany journeys that changed who we are, how we live, how we see God, and the journey that each of us traveled. The ordinary moments of everyday life when the veil was pulled back and divinity is somehow revealed and we see God's redeeming glory face to face, maybe for the very first time. Like the Magi, when, my, when wise men find Jesus, they do worship him. And they offer him gifts. We notice here in verse 11 again. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Folks, each one of you, everyone in this room, has been blessed by God with some uniquely, divinely given gift from God. I don't know what it is, but you've been given those gifts. And there is no one who doesn't carry some gift from God, some treasure, some special ability. 
The difference isn't that some carry the treasure and others do not. The difference is some know they carry those gifts and others are blind to it, or more likely, they could be indifferent to it. That's what distinguishes wise men from the Herods of this world. The Herods of this world aren't aware of the treasures they possess. Their treasures remain hoarded, locked away, and isolated from others, and that's how they like it. But wise men and women, however, know themselves to be bearers of divinely given gifts from God and are willing to share their treasures with Jesus by offering their gifts to others. Every gift we offer to the world reveals God's life and presence living within us, friends. Every time we offer our gratitude, our prayers, our worship, our gifts, it points to the presence of the work of God within your life to all those around you. Anytime we give our time, talent, or treasure, we're glorifying God. Well, every one of you are going to be given that opportunity in this church this year. In fact, beginning next week, you're going to have that opportunity. Friends, as we journey into the new year, I pray that you will seek to know Jesus more intimately in your life. I pray you will be here more regularly to worship him faithfully. I pray that you will cheerfully place your gifts before him daily, wherever he places you. And I pray you will serve him more intentionally through serving others in the year ahead. What I've learned over the years is quite simply this. The epiphany is not just something we study or celebrate every year. The epiphany, my friends, is who we are. Each of us are epiphanies of God. Each one of us. Created in his image, we are manifestations of Christ who resides within us, and we have been called to bring his light into that dark world out there. So as you leave this place today to embark on a new journey into a new year, I ask that you make a New Year's resolution this year, and I'll join you. And that is to seek and to know and to make Jesus known. That is a great resolution. And that's what all of us have been called to do. And I ask you to be an epiphany. Be an epiphany of our creator God. And let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify our Father in heaven. So I'll leave you this morning by saying Happy New Year. And Happy Epiphany. Let the journey begin now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.